T-Wolves rally back down 17, count them 17, in Miami for their 20th win of the season. See that? I got Wolves expert Jack Borman to help me break it all down. It's all coming up next on the Locked On Wolves postcast. You are Locked On Wolves postcast, part of Locked On Minnesota on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. T-Wolves come from behind. They're down 17. They stun the heat tonight in Miami, 112-108. What's happening, everyone? Back in the lab, back at it. Another T-Wolves postcast episode right here on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota Network. You got myself, Luke Inman, at Luke underscore Spinman. That's the man, Jack Borman, on Twitter, at JRBorman13. And before we jump into all the action, quick reminder, tonight's episode... Brought to you by Prize Picks, easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to PrizePicks.com/slash locked on NBA. Use code all lowercase locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. All right, let's just jump right into this one. Lots to cover, and I mean lots to cover. And let's break this thing down into halves. And and let me just even take a step back. This was just the third game this year. The Miami Heat have had Jimmy, Adebayo, and Tyler Hero. And right from the jump, Jack, that trio, man, they look like they hadn't skipped a beat. And Hero specifically, zero rust to shake off. He made his first 7 of 10 from the floor, goes into halftime with a team-leading 17. Wolves go into half, down 12, Ant with 15, Cat with 12. Way too many sloppy passing, sloppy turnovers. That led to 19 points off turnovers for the Heat at halftime. And going into the locker room, too, by the way, all five Wolves starters, they all had at least one foul as well. So... Why am I talking about the first half specifically? Because this was truly a tale of two halves. Let's just start with what you saw in the first two quarters before we dive into the rest. Walk me through it. What was your big takeaways? Because to me, Jack, I mean, Miami just seemed like they were the more physical team to start this game out. Absolutely. That's a great way of putting it. They absolutely were the more physical team uh, in the first half. And then, um, you know, Minnesota just looked intimidated for whatever reason that, you know, I mean, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero played a ton of minutes together and in, in really high leverage situations, um, whether it be regular season playoffs, you know, whatever the case may be. And uh, and those guys are just really comfortable together. And they're, you know, I, I think three of the best fitting stars that you could put around each other and that they have such a good understanding of, of how. You know, they all like to play where they like the ball, spots they like to attack on the floor from um, and, and just kind of how to space for each other. You know, when when Tyler Hero and Bam get going in that pick and roll like they did in the first half, um, you know, it felt like when they committed to Tyler Hero, he just made the perfect little dump off pass to Bam Adebayo so he could score in the mid range. And then when they kind of sat down on Bam, uh, Tyler Hero was wide open for these pull up mid range jump shots that he's so good at. And um, yeah, it's just. And then, and then obviously just Jimmy's just a, just a load to deal with when he's getting downhill. And so, you know, when you let all three of those guys get comfortable early on in the game and you mix that with, you know, letting the heat kind of speed you up offensively and, um, you know, really make you feel them uh, on the perimeter. I think they're really physical at the point of attack. Um, you know, when Rudy Gobert was catching the ball to initiate handoffs, um, Kevin Love, Bam Adebayo were all up in his face. Um had some really good ball pressure on the guards. Mike Conley had two pretty uncharacteristic spastic turnovers um, in that first quarter. And, and you had a 17 point deficit right, right away in the second quarter. Um, 
you know, as a result of a, of a pair of pretty big threes from, from Duncan Robinson. So um, the biggest thing for me is just that, you know, sometimes the Timberwolves need to get punched in the mouth a little bit in order to really settle in and become the more physical team. And I think the first half was just an example of that, that I think, you know, the Heat kind of showed them, you know, all the ways that they needed to improve after the halftime. And it was pretty obvious, right, in the in where they needed to to improve. Like you said, they had all those, um, you know, 19 uh, points off of 11 Timberwolves turnovers, not great. Um, and I believe Miami was 20 of 30 uh, on two-point baskets. And then if you want to just look at it, um, you know, strictly looking at uh, in the paint, Miami was 18 of 26 in the paint, uh, which is, mm. you know, pretty ridiculous to make 18, um, 18 shots just in the paint alone in one half. Um, so, yeah. And, and, you know, like you said, the Timberwolves just kind of got bullied and, and Jimmy Butler really won that that Carl Anthony Towns matchup uh, in the first half, Carl couldn't really move. Jimmy wasn't really making quick decisions, um, got stood up quite a few times. And, and the Timberwolves also, um, you know, kind of struggled to, to get Anthony Edwards in a rhythm. Um, and I think when that happens, sometimes they're uh, just kind of on their heels and looking for scoring in places that they normally, you know, don't get it or aren't looking for it initially. Um, so yeah, all those things just kind of, I think resulted in, you know, the Timberwolves needing a little bit of a reset after halftime, but, you know, on the bright side, it, it did provide some opportunity for, uh, Jaden McDaniels to get going a little bit offensively, which was nice to see attacking Tyler hero, um, you know, in, in the half court, uh, you know, off the bounce, but also, um, you know, as a cutter, he had a couple of really nice cuts that, um, that, that was good to see. So, um, you know, it wasn't all bad for the, for the Timberwolves in that, in that first half, I guess. No, you're absolutely right. Good breakdown there of the first half. And again, on top of the the bad passing, sloppy turnovers, and, and so much more frustrating, too, watching them miss so many layups, too, man. I don't know. Yeah, the rolls going on the, the rims. Brutal. Yeah, they missed at least five layups in the first half, not to mention multiple shots that just seemed to go in and out, too. That was frustrating. couple sketchy calls there by the refs, which I usually don't like to bring that stuff up because you always hope that stuff evens out. But couple bogus calls in there tonight as well that went against the T-Wolves. So to the second half we go. Wolves once again continue this third quarter domination this year. Okay, maybe not domination tonight. They get a 23-17 advantage, but they cut the lead to six heading into the fourth. Uh, now with the big three and D, Ant with seven more points in the third quarter. And with seven minutes left in the fourth, Mike Conley hits his third three to give them their first lead since it was four to two at the beginning of the uh, first quarter. And remember, they were down again as much as 17 points. And then they went on that 10 to one run early fourth quarter. No cat, no ant on the court as well. I'll just let you take it from here. I've kind of teed you up here and set the stage. What the Wolves do to cap off this amazing comeback tonight, those final six, seven minutes or so, and pull it off 112, 108. Yeah, I think they they really just took it upon themselves to to be the more physical team, right? And I think that when you see a team like Miami that obviously wants to do most of their work in the paint and, and wants to attack the rim, um, you just see the way that Rudy Gobert defends the rim and sets a tone to you know, just completely destroy whatever Miami wants to do uh, on the drive. Uh, he had two pretty insane blocks, um, or maybe it was one and didn't get credited for the other one. But, um, you know, his fourth quarter rim defense has been unbelievable all season long. Um, and he, he's so good at, at making things difficult and defending without fouling. Um, and 
it's just such a blessing and and such a competitive advantage for this Timberwolves teams to know that, you know, if a guy's barreling into the paint or gets past the first line of defense, it's not Carl Anthony Towns back there, um, you know, defending the rim. And that's no shade at Carl at all. It's just, you know, Carl's not the greatest rim protector, arguably in NBA history. Right. And the other big part of that is that it allows Carl to still be aggressive offensively because he doesn't have to worry about picking up fouls, trying to defend the rim. Um, and you saw, you know, Carl was able to, to really impact the game, um, had a, had a great score on Jimmy late in the, late in the fourth, had a great kind of over the head assist to a cutting Anthony Edwards had that really huge offensive rebound and then threw a lob up to go bear to, I think, make it a three point game with, you know, a couple minutes to go. Um, so that was huge. And then, and then what more can you say about Anthony Edwards, right? Just the way that, that he's able to come up with some of these timely shots down the stretch of games was, uh, was absolutely massive. And, um, and again, I think the Timberwolves depth too, was a huge thing down the stretch of that, of that fourth quarter, you, you see Jaden McDaniels foul out on, you know, one of the dumber fouls you can pick up where you already have two guys right there that are way bigger than Tyler hero. And you just shove Tyler hero out of the way for no reason when you absolutely did not have to do that. You know, I don't know if Tyler Hero said something to Jaden and Jaden kind of took it out on him on that or, or not or what the deal was. But, you know, Jaden was playing awesome defense on Tyler Hero um, in that fourth quarter before he fouled out. But, but like I said, with the depth, you 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 know, you, Jaden McDaniels has to go back to the bench fouling out with like two and a half minutes left. And then you just plug and play Nikhil Alexander-Walker, right? And mm-hmm. there, there aren't many teams in the NBA that have the luxury of, you know, going from one elite perimeter defender – that can, you know, defend these, you know, high octane scoring guards to go right to another guy off the bench that's able to do the same thing without really sacrificing a ton. Um, And that's going to be huge, especially, um, you know, if it's a matchup like this against the Heat or, you know, another team that had, or the Mavs maybe, or a team that just has one of these super big, physical, strong um, ball handlers um, like Jimmy Butler, for example, tonight, you know, Jaden, um, you know, got switched on to him a couple of times um, and, you know, things didn't didn't necessarily go great. But but the big thing there is like when you have a guy like Jimmy and, you know, it's kind of tiring Ant out having to guard Jimmy and, you know, Ant doesn't really have it necessarily offensively like he did early in the game. The Timberwolves switched Kyle Anderson onto Jimmy Butler and Kyle Anderson played phenomenal defense on Jimmy Butler. And that was something that, you know, kind of helped them. Uh, throughout the entirety of that second half to, um, you know, just to kind of take some pressure off of those two defenders. And that's, I think, a, you know, a, you know, a thing just to kind of file away and keep in the back of your mind is the Timberwolves, you know, approach some games here with some some bigger and more physical wings and, and just players in general that Kyle Anderson is really capable of defending those types of players um, and has done it pretty well so far this season. And, you know, on nights when Jaden McDaniels needs a blow or is in foul trouble or Ant, you know, needs to be there offensively or, or guys too big for Nikhil. Um, that was really important. So I want to make sure that, that Kyle got his love for, you know, for what he did off or defensively, um, you know, maybe not just in that fourth quarter, but throughout the whole entire second half. And that was certainly uh, important as the Timberwolves, you know, kind of crawled back into this one and eventually, eventually won the game. Well, Jim Pete on the broadcast actually called Kyle Anderson, or I should say Finch calls Kyle Anderson, kind of a slump buster, and you kind of saw that tonight. Do you see that as well, just a guy that just can help change some momentum up, and is it the defense that he gives you, or is it just another crafty vet with that good awareness out on the court? Yeah, I I think he, you know, 
just kind of gets stops at points when they really need him or finds a way to get a, get his hand on the ball for a deflection or, um, or block a shot or get a contested rebound or, you know, kind of bail the Timberwolves out at the end of the shot clock with some of these, you know, weird winding, awkward, unconventional, uh, you know, little hook shots or flip shots that he does in the middle of the floor. Um, and, and I think all those things kind of add up over the course of a game, right. Where you might not really notice his impact quite as much. Um, but then in those moments where it's like, ah, oh, shoot, you know, what are they going to do? And, and Kyle just happens to make, make a play once or twice, um, that it really, like you said, ends up springing them. And, uh, you know, for all the kind of trade speculation that people have thrown around is Kyle Anderson's kind of really the only piece that they can move of any substance. I just, I think it'd be foolish to, to, to ship him out in addition or in exchange for really any type of offensive scoring, just because what he gives you defensively, uh, I think is so much more important than anything else that they could add offensively, especially when you consider the way that, you know, Ant and Carl and Mike Conley um, and Nas Reed are all playing right now. It's uh, it's a tough thing, I think, to disrupt. Um, so I'm, I'm really glad that, you know, Kyle continues to, to play awesome defensively and, and produce just enough offensively um, as a score in addition to his, his playmaking to, you know, to be a really positive player for this team. Yeah, well said. Just real quick, 35th straight game with a three-pointer for Mike Conley, fourth longest streak in the NBA. He was four for five from three tonight. We talked about him Saturday night when he cleared his 6,000th assist for his career. How big was he tonight, though, specifically in those clutch moments when they needed someone other than Ant or Cat or Nas on the offensive side of the ball? Just real quick. What was that number? Uh, he was uh, a 35th, you know how many games in a row? 35th, 35th straight game with a three for Conley. So he's only got four. like two... 230 more to go until he breaks Steph Curry's record, which got snapped <laughs> last it. night, which got snapped last night. Um, oh, it did it really? Okay. Yeah. 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 But you know, I think he's just so huge. It feels like every single time uh, he just kind of senses that moment, especially in transition of when to pull up for three. Um, and I think he had a, he had the go ahead three pointer um, in transition that prompted a heat timeout. And, mm-hmm. and he just gets so fired up in those moments. And, and, and just to see the way that this team has embraced him and empowered him to be an offensive scorer where he really wasn't empowered to do that in, in Utah uh, quite as much. I, I think he's really, really enjoying it. You can tell with how much joy he's playing with and um, and with just how deadly he is from beyond the arc uh, and how smart of shots he takes. It's just such a, such a nice uh, you know value add for this Timberwolves team and, and such a huge weapon, especially in the fourth quarter when defense is already thinking about, how are we going to defend the, the Gobert role? How are we going to defend Ant? How are we going to defend Carl? Um, all those things. And it's just like, oh, shoot, there's Mike Conley. And just happens to, to keep making big play after big play. And it's so, so needed for this Timberwolves team. Yeah, well said, well said. Uh, and, and, I mean, kind of like you mentioned, too, that defense man stepping up in the second half, getting good steals, getting into the passing lanes, getting the tough rebounds. You said it, Rudy was an absolute monster tonight in the paint and around the rim. And then just some huge bench points tonight, the usual suspects tonight to rally back as well. Man, what a fun one tonight. Was that the game? Okay, what do we got? 24 games in the books? Some fun ones, man. We've had a lot of fun this season. The Celtics overtime thriller, a couple versus Golden State, the Nuggets game. Was this the best game of the season as far as just a pure entertainment standpoint? What do you think? In terms of entertainment, like that fourth quarter was absolutely unreal. I I I still think that Celtics game probably clears it just because – 
you know, it was earlier in the season. We didn't really know what to think of this team. I was at home. So there was that type of energy. Um, but the Wolves have played some absolute banger games that have gone down to the wire in these back and forth affairs uh, in Miami, especially. Um, I thought that fourth quarter was as entertaining of a quarter as there's been in any NBA game that I've watched this entire season, you know, regardless of it being the Wolves or not. Um, you could tell both teams wanted that game so bad um, and for pretty obvious reasons. Um, and just the back and forth nature and how both teams never really flinched, right? They just stayed composed, continued running their stuff, getting the ball to the guys they wanted to get the ball to. And those guys kept making plays. And that's, you know, exactly what you want to see if you're a fan. Right. And um, so just a, a wildly entertaining game that, you know, we're all grateful that the Timberwolves came out the other side. Um, you know, I'm, I, I still am kind of waiting to wake up for someone to pinch me mm -hmm. that the Timberwolves are 20 and five. I think um, everybody is. Yeah, of course. And, you know, we're kind of living in this space between, you know, sleep and awake, right. Where we're just kind of hallucinating a little bit where you could, you know, if someone told you you were dreaming, you'd probably believe in. And if someone told you you're just groggy and, and barely awake, uh, you know, you probably believe that too. Um, just, and I think we all kind of have this collective feeling and um, Hey, I just hope Timberwolves fans keep celebrating every single win um, while they have them. Cause they have certainly suffered uh, for, for such a long time. Um, and for all these wins to just keep coming and coming and coming in the way that they have been, um, especially with all these come from behind wins where they just grind them down in the third quarter. And you just kind of see this Timberwolves team over time, break the spirit of the other team is just been so much fun to watch. Uh, and it, and it really does feel like a sustainable uh, product that this team can keep putting out on the floor as long as they're able to stay mostly healthy. Um, like they have so far this season. Couple more on tonight's thriller in Miami, but first a quick word from our sponsors over at Prize Picks. Tonight's postcast brought to us by our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks, guys, is without a doubt the most fun I've had playing daily fantasy because you can win up to 25 times your money this basketball season. Why I love it, it's just so easy to play. All you got to do is select two or more players and pick more or less than their projected stats on any given night. Plus, Prize Picks now offers Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account all season long. And with the Prize Picks reboot policy, your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. That makes Prize Picks the only daily fantasy platform around that offers you injury insurance to give you that extra peace of mind. Right now, go to prizepicks.com slash NBA and use code LOCKEDONNBA for a first deposit match up to $100, that's promo code LOCKEDONNBA at pricepicks.com slash LOCKEDONNBA. 100% bonus match up to $100. And then everyone should should link their Discord if they've got one to their prize picks accounts once they create it. Because they're I doing, doing picks miss right now. Oh, um, I like that. I like over that. on the Discord side where they're they're giving out a ton of really cool promos and rewards every single day just for just for playing. So it's been been really Great fun shout for, out. for me as a as a prize picks player to uh to get in on that. Just another reason to go check out prize picks again. Prizepicks.com slash locked on. All right, let's pick back up here. What's a win like this do for the confidence, for the psyche to go on the road this time, be down 17 against a tough, just tough Miami team when healthy, I think is one of the best in the NBA. Yeah, I, I think it's important just because this Miami team 
has always been so together and they've kind of been what the Timberwolves have been this year, where it's just like, doesn't matter what the score is. You just feel like you can't count them out because, um, you know, they just grind you down and they never panic. And for the Timberwolves to be able to go toe to toe with a team like that, that has done that, that has done it not only just for the first 24, 25 games, but to be able to, you know, do it for two, three, four years now, um, like the Heat have, and to be able to to go head to head with them and, and beat them in, in that fashion on the road, um, you know, has to be huge for the Timberwolves psyche, right? And it's probably feels great for Carl Anthony Towns, right? He got beat up by Jimmy Butler in that first half, and the and Jimmy Butler certainly won that matchup. And then, you know, Carl certainly won it in the second half, especially in the fourth quarter. Like Jimmy was guarding Carl, and, and Jimmy got the better of him you know, a few times um, for, for key scores. If it wasn't him, it was his teammates. And um, that's got to feel good for him. And so I think there, you know, when you add in kind of that personal element to it, you know, I know someone just said that, um, you know, I'm glad that Jimmy stuff is behind us. Like it is not behind us. Um, like Timberwolves players still care about that. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and they might tell you that they don't, or Jimmy Butler might tell you that they don't. Um, well, Jimmy certainly doesn't because he purposely left out the Timberwolves in his you know media day thing. But um, th- there is, there are still, that wound is open still, I think. And, and it's always teams like those two teams are always going to care if those guys are playing um, a little bit more about that matchup. And um, yeah, I, I think when you add the personal element to it, it certainly does mean more than, um, you know, than just your average, just your average game. Uh, Jim Pete mentioned on the broadcast. Don't know if you caught it, by the way, man, the Wolves play by play and broadcast color guys, just phenomenal, dude. I, I just learned so much sitting down and just watching and listening to them talk about the game. But he mentioned if there was someone and something you'd love to see Anthony Edwards start to try and emulate in this game, it'd be Jimmy Butler's ability to get to the free throw line where he's right now, he's fourth in the NBA in free throw attempts per game. Does it, I don't know. Does it feel like maybe he he just doesn't get the same whistles a solidified star like Jimmy gets that's been in the league so long? Is that something that you just kind of got to grind your way through a few more seasons to get? I don't know. It kind of sounds ridiculous. I know that you're just hearing myself explain that out loud, but maybe some truth to it. Yeah, I, I certainly think it's a great skill. And I think the the thing that Jimmy does so well, arguably better than any player in the NBA, except for maybe Luka Doncic, is he's so methodical and under control about the way that he uses his strength uh, to his advantage on the drive. Like it's pretty rare that Jimmy just straight line drive, you know, beats guys to the, to the rim. Um, And and Jimmy's not the most athletic guy. I mean, I'm sure he'd be the first person to admit that. Um, So he's kind of had to kind of learn that, that craft, if you will, of just kind of playing under control and using his strength without, you know, being over, you know, playing, you know, I guess out of control and, and really using your off arm. Like he does a, such a good job of like using his shoulders um, without plowing people over. Um, and he's obviously great at, at, you know, jump stopping, ball faking, um, you know, attacking guys if they're out of position. Whereas I think, you know, Ant is kind of a, a two trick pony right now in that he either is just a, you know, straight line drive or he does that Euro step. And when you do that Euro step, um, you know, you don't really have the option of pump faking, right? You just have to go up. And I think, um, you know, I think Ant's just got to learn that sometimes coming to a jump stop is the best thing for you and that kind of gives you more options. You know, you can always pass the ball out if, you know, you get caught and the defense stays down, don't bite on the pump fake, you know, those types of things. Um, 
So I think that's probably the biggest thing for Ant to, to add to his repertoire if he really wants to become a guy that can consistently get to the line more often. Because I think the thing with Jimmy is like, I wouldn't even call Jimmy like a grifter in that, you know, he's just like totally foul baiting and trying to trick the refs. Mm-hmm. He's, yeah. Yeah, you know, a lot point. of the fouls that Jimmy draws are like legitimate fouls. It's not like James Harden or Embiid where they're just flopping around all the time. Um, and, and Jimmy does flop, I guess, occasionally, but, but most of the time it's because he gets guys up in the air. Guys just are out of position trying to guard him because he's so big and physical. Um, and so I think sometimes slowing down a little bit, if you're ant and using your physicality to your advantage and, you know, just playing a little bit more under control, coming to a jump stop, show a ball fake, those types of things, I think will really kind of help. And if he wants to go on that, I guess, Jimmy Butler path, if you will, to, to drawing more free throws. Um, so but I, I totally agree. It's a great shot by Jim Pete and, and certainly one that makes sense considering, um, you know, Ant's build. 32 on the night for Ant. Just some absolute monster clutch, amazing shots along the way tonight. And you think about his game somehow getting better, adding another weapon or trait to his bag of tricks. And that's just, I mean, come on. That's just such a scary weapon with a few more years of polish like Jimmy has as well. Um, all right. I got two more quick ones here before we wrap up. But first, a quick word. From FanDuel. Quick reminder, tonight's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Right now, check this out. New customers, you're getting $150 in bonus bets when you win just a $5 money line wager. That's $150 in bonus bets when you throw down just $5 on any money line wager. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, no better time to get in on all the action. The app, it's so easy to use. And they got everything you need. Money lines, parlays, prop bets, you name it, they got it. FanDuel's got everything you need to bet on the entire NBA season. And it's by far the easiest and simplest betting app to use. Go check it out for yourself. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on today. America's number one sports book. FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. Boy, this was, uh, remember, think all the way back to the beginning of the year. Uh, gauntlet of a schedule coming out those first 10, 12 games there in the mix. And then, you know, you get to December. Toughest strength of schedule in December for the Wolves. But all of a sudden, I mean, huh, they're cleaning up right now. Still got some tough ones on deck here. Sixers on Wednesday. Lakers, Kings, that's Joel Embiid, LeBron, De'Aaron Fox. Uh, two of those next three on the road as well. Just quick thoughts. When you hear that stretch now, Sixers coming up first. After what you saw tonight, what's maybe the number one thing that maybe needs to be improved or or continue to be an area of strength for this team? I think it's the turnovers. Um, You know, that's something, I mean, the Lakers are are a team that, you know, are are really, you know, strong defensive team. They they play well in transition. Um, You know, they've got a lot of guys that can space the floor in transition and shoot threes. Um, But between Reeves and LeBron and Davis, um, they've just got a lot of guys that are really good in transition. Um, Cam Reddish too. Um, and, and then the other thing for the Timberwolves is I, I think just staying out of foul trouble, you know, the, the, the best they can, because, you know, they've proven that when they've got all their guys on the floor, they're a really, really tough team to beat. And, you know, when they can put all five guys on the floor, like they did tonight um, in the fourth quarter, I mean, obviously we, we've talked about the Jaden to Nikhil trade off a little bit, but um you know, I'd just like to see more of that against a lot of these great teams and, and taking themselves out of a game for, for dumb fouls or, 
you know, Carl being out of control offensively, uh, which has happened a few times. Um, you know, those types of things just can't happen if they want to stay competitive in all these games. And if they stay competitive, you know, down the stretch, um, you got to really like their chances with the way they've played in the clutch. So I think those two things are the most important thing for me. Um, you know, I'm, I'm happy that my my basketball party prediction from from last week of going three and zero in the Pacers <laughs> nice. Heat and Sixers game is very much alive. Uh, and the other thing too for Timberwolves fans, I don't know if people were online much today, but Joel Embiid uh, was questionable with a hamstring injury. Um, Ooh, he did okay. end up playing. Uh, tonight against the Bulls um, it, whether or not he finished that game or came out okay I'm, I'm not sure but that is that is obviously something uh, to monitor as the Timberwolves get ready to, to go to Philly Wednesday and then you know they've obviously Philadelphia played in, in that East Coast game um, I, I think it was on a Tuesday night and then came to Minneapolis on a Wednesday for a back-to-back and the Timberwolves have that now they've got to go from Miami to Philly and then from Philly back home and they play the mm. Lakers um, on the second end of a back-to-back, both of those games are going to be on NBA TV, which will be kind of fun, I guess, as a you know, pseudo national TV game. Um, but it'll be really important for the Timberwolves to, I-, I think, just you know, stay out of foul trouble, stop turning the ball over, so the other team isn't running in transition and speeding them up. And uh, the more they can play in the half court, too, I think, um, the better chance I-, I think they'll have to win these games, uh, especially both Wednesday and Thursday. You know, if they can slow it down and kind of you know, maintain some of their energy and, and, and not have to run up and down in a game that, you know, Philadelphia likes to do that quite a bit. So um, yeah, I think it'll be, be helpful on the scoreboard and, uh, you know, physically when, when you think about having to play two games in 28 hours or, or whatever it's going to be. Yeah, yeah, you make some good points. But the problem with cleaning up the turnovers and starting fast is then they can't dig themselves in a big hole and make that dramatic, wild comeback <laughs> like they did tonight. So it's like Maybe they'll know, just start slow and the in. Lakers will just make a ton of threes early on Thursday. You know, right. D'Lo will have right. 16 right. points in this TBJ. first quarter and then score yeah. three the rest of the game. Yeah, TBJ revenge game coming up here. Yeah, uh, I think the Lakers. I'm, I'm really excited to see the Torian Prince uh, <laughs> yeah. tribute video that <laughs> I, I certainly think he deserves. I, I I know this Timberwolves crowd loves Torian Prince, so I hope he gets a nice warm reception. Mm-hmm. Um, and then mm-hmm, I think you'll course. see a pretty strong juxtaposition um, when D'Lo is, is announced back, but, but we'll see. Um, all right. I know you got to get out of here. You're playing in the Sacco toilet bowl. You need some help tonight. Philly up 17, 10 going in the fourth quarter right now versus Seahawks. Just give us the quick 30 second update, lay out the situation on the line for you tonight in fantasy. Football. Yeah. So this, this was pretty big, um, coming into the game. Uh, I needed Deandre Swift to outscore, um, uh, DK Metcalf, um, PPR, uh, I, full point PPR, half point full PPR. Point PPR. I, basically point, that's needed, tough. I basically needed Swift to just outscore DK Metcalf. The game was pretty much tied coming into this one. Mm-hmm. Andre Swift has 7.6 points. DK Metcalf has 1.8. I'm currently up by eight points. So as wow. long as we don't get you know a DK Metcalf touchdown here right. uh, on this drive or the rest of the fourth quarter, I, sh- I should be okay. But and, and what's on the line? What's on the line? Here I'm going to have to spend a whole weekend in an undesirable location of the winning uh, players choosing. He'll be able to consult the rest of the group. Um, so right now, the early leaders in the clubhouse are like a small town in Canada or um, or middle of nowhere, Iowa. So we'll see. Um, but, you know, I, I was I was making some funny faces a little earlier in the show because DeAndre Swift got tackled by his own player at the one yard line. And then they mm. pushed it in, mm. which was rather tough. Hurts. 
Um, but you know, can't win them all. So just man, the, the evolution of fantasy football, man, it used to be just a fun little side game with your boys. It, it's it, we've taken things right as a fantasy football community to the next level, but we'll save that for another show. I digress. Wolves win their second this season versus the heat. First one in game two of the season. No Jimmy Butler in that one tonight. A lot tougher, much more healthy squad for Miami, but the Wolves find a way to come back down 17 to win at 112-108. They move to 20-5 and five on the year. As always, huge shout-out to everyone that joined us on the postcast tonight. Rest assured, we'll be back each and every game, same time, same place, right here to break it all down. Quick reminder as well, go check out all of Jack's work on Twitter, at JRBorman13. That's going to do it for us tonight, though. Next on deck, it is the Sixers Wednesday night. Join us again right here for the entire recap. And follow all our work over at the Locked On Sports Minnesota Network. And one more plug, if you haven't done so already, you got to go check out Ben Beacon over on the Locked On Wolves podcast as well. He's Jack Borman. I'm Luke Inman on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman. Until next time, signing off.